is everyone today? Good, would you stand with us? We're gonna start off by singing some songs to celebrate Jesus. This might be a newer song to you. Just catch on as we go along.
We're not going to have a perfect life, right? But over sin and over the devil, you better believe we can have authority. And we need to speak that, just like this song says. And the third thing is, Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? Come on now, this is our hope, isn't it? Jesus came back from the dead. And so Jesus, today, we're going to sing this song again. We're going to speak about the authority we have in you. Jesus, we know as believers in you, it's not at our own strength. It's in you that we have authority over sin. We can have authority over evil. And one day we have the hope of resurrection life. So come on, friends, we're going to sing this one more time. When I lift my voice and shout, these kind of walls can come down. Come on, let's sing it. When I lift. When I lift my voice and shout,
worship the Lord, we honor the Lord, we understand that there is a God and it is not me. He is Lord and he is Savior. He created you. Jesus came to save us from our sins. And we are so grateful who he is. And imagine a couple hundred people just stopping and saying, you know what, it's not about me. I get to honor the creator of the universe. That's what worship is. I just wonder if God's day is a little bit better because of how you just spent the last 20 minutes of, of your life. That's amazing. Let's encourage God's hearts when we gather together. We're going to do something special today. We want to stop and pray for those in the education system. Um, if you're in junior high or high school, we're actually going to invite you to the front. If you work at uh, one of our schools uh, here in the city, we're going to pray for you. We'd like to invite you to the front as well. We're going to invite all the kids to the front. In fact, kids, if you're in this room, you can come up. I think they came up from downstairs. And we want to pray safety, physical safety. We want to pray uh, God's just spiritual uh, protection over our, our kids and our, those who are serving our schools, our adults who work in our schools. Um, we want to pray they'd understand they are created by the living God and they have value, that they would be light into the schools that they uh, live in. Come on, isn't that important? I mean, here's what we believe, you know, maybe it's a little strange in Thurston County, but we believe like God created you male and female and you're not a descendant of apes or gorillas. You really are created by the living God. And that gives you like value. That gives you like purpose. And, uh, and some people, they're at the front because they're taking chemistry and they're a senior and they want God's help. Right? And, and that's a good reason to be down here as well. All right? And so we want to pray. Um, talk to a paraeducator after the service, last service, and she said, thank you so much. Just to know that the church family cares about what's going on in our schools and lifts up other believers. So what an awesome crew down here at the front, uh, all of our young people. And uh, when we go to pray today, we really want to pray this be the best school year of your life. Homeschool, private school, and public school as well. So can we all bow our heads together and pray? Come on, let's do that. Lord, we live in this county. We live in this city. We, we love our schools. We love our teachers. We love all the educators. And God, we pray today, God, for our public schools all in this area, God, that your hand of protection would be upon them, God, physically and spiritually. God, I pray for the private schools, God, how hard it is to run a private school and, and the cost involved with that. God, resource them and bless them. God, thank you for what they are doing, God, in this city. God, we pray for all those families that are homeschooling, God, that you would give them, Lord, everything they need to do that well. Lord, we pray for our young people, God, that they would know that they are created in the image of God. He created us male and female. God, that you created us on purpose, for a purpose. And we have value in this life because we're not just another animal. But God, you created us. You breathed life into each one of us. And you decided, God, that we should live. So, Lord, let us be a light in our city, a light in our school. God, would you protect and strengthen, God, every believer on every campus around this city. God, would you go into these schools, God, and would you protect them, God, from any evil? God, would you strengthen the believers? God, would you bring joy and life and make this, God, maybe some people at the front don't even like school. Maybe they despise school. Lord, let this year be different. Give them great friendships, God, incredible teachers. Lord, just let it be a year of something changing in their life. And God, I pray they succeed academically. God, succeed socially, and God, that they would grow in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and with men. Lord, as a church, we love our schools, we love our teenagers, we love our kids, and those who serve in education, and we ask all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, amen. Awesome. Thank you guys for making this a priority.
before you're seated today, find at least six people you don't know, or maybe two. Shake somebody's hand, give somebody a high five, bless someone, get to know somebody's name. Good morning. If this is your first time with us, I want to say welcome to you. I want to let you know that in the seat back in front of you, there is a next step card. If you fill that out and after the gathering, take it right out the double doors to the guest services. There'll be a friendly face there. They have a gift to exchange that card with you. And if you're watching online, you can also do that online and someone will reach out and connect with you. It is fall and there is so much going on. So this is the first week to sign up for our fall life group. So if you are interested in meeting new people and growing in your relationship in the, with the Lord, I just wanna encourage you to check those out. On campus, there's a table in the lobby. You can grab the catalog, check out all the options, so many options. You can also check online, sign up at True Grace Church under the life group section. Also coming up is Freedom Session, which is a really incredible discipleship journey, lots of healing available through that. So I wanna encourage you to check that out, more information about that. Also you can sign up on the website for that as well. We have a worship and prayer night coming up September 22nd. So mark your calendars for that powerful time. You don't wanna miss it. And True Grace Women this year is hosting a tailgate party on October 2nd. You do not have to care about football. You don't have to know a thing about football. You just get to come and laugh with other women, eat fun food, and just enjoy that time. So make sure that you don't miss out on that. And we also have our Selfless, Selfless Marriage Conference coming up October 6th and 7th. Whether you've been married for a long, long time or brand new in your marriage relationship, it's still something to be gained for everybody. It's a great time to set aside, to focus and invest in that crucial relationship of marriage. So I hope to see you there and have a great Sunday. Standing on this dry ground Trusting the promise You're where my hope is found I'm breathing in I'm letting go Ready for you to move The ground is open New life is breaking through had 22 people get baptized. That is something to celebrate. 
the really cool thing is we had um, over 200 people there watching and supporting them. That was incredible. So that recap video doesn't include everybody that got baptized, but over the next few weeks, we're going to get to see their testimony and immersion. We're going to get to celebrate with them once again. You know, baptisms is a way that we really show what the Lord is doing in our hearts and inside of us to publicly declare that we're going to follow him. So can we give them a round of applause one more time? I love baptisms because I love celebrating what Jesus is doing in people's lives together. Another way that we get to show something kind of tangible about what the Lord is doing in our hearts is through our giving. Our giving kind of indicates where we are um, with the Lord. If we're going to choose to honor him and obey him with our finances, or if we're going to choose to look to ourselves to find that, that comfort and that source and that security. And so I just want to thank you guys. We are a part of a generous church. You guys, we do so many things in this city and across the world, and that's because of your giving. You saw all those kids up here today. We get to impact their lives and their families because you guys choose to invest in what the Lord is doing. So thank you for that. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing. God, we pray, play blessing upon blessing over each family, Lord, as they continue to show up, as they give, as they honor you with their finances and in all the areas of their life, Lord. We ask that you would do more with it than we ever could. God, would you change this city for you? We thank you so much for this opportunity, and we just want to honor you in your name. Amen. My name's Alex. Um, I have lived in Washington for about five years. When I moved out here, I came out here to be with my now husband, and we found True Grace through a friend of his that he worked with. Um, when I moved out here, I was very isolated and alone. Um, I have no family out here. I just had him, and then um, about six months after I moved out here, I got pregnant with our first, and so, I basically went through my entire pregnancy and birth and all of the first mom things alone. Um, I didn't have any friends. I felt isolated and alone and like I was lost. Um, and then once I came to True Grace, I was met with like so many friendly faces and so many amazing moms. Um, and I had one mom in particular, Kelsey Schrader. She invited me to the moms group that her and Joe Netzer were going to host. And so I was a little nervous at first. I am not very outgoing. Um, and so I just decided to take a leap of faith and join their group. And it has honestly been the best thing that has ever happened to me out here. Um, I've never had a group of moms that are believers or follow Jesus. When I joined the group, it just kind of became like family. Um, I talk to them practically every single day. I've never been scared to ask questions. Um, it makes me feel less alone. And, and if I go to them, they point me to Jesus next. Life groups are life-changing. <laughs> it can change your life. Um, it's just so soothing to have someone speak the truth and just know that like Jesus is there, even though Sometimes I don't feel it. Surround yourself with people who love you and who will speak truth over you and point you towards Jesus when you are really down in the darkness.
that is so good. Surround yourself with people who will encourage you, strengthen you, and not let you give up. Amen? Amen. And care for you, like sincerely care for you. And I love that our life groups do that. Um, there are signups in the lobby, and uh, there's grief share for those who have recently lost someone. Um, maybe that's not you today, but be aware that that's an incredible resource for maybe a friend of yours, or maybe someday that's a course that's really going to help you kind of stay uh, whole during a real difficult time. Also, there's groups about hiking. There's Zoom groups for those who are online. There is women's crafts groups. There's a bunch of other things, tons of Bible studies uh, and things to check out. So make sure you stop by and grab this. Take a look at it. There's three tables in the lobby. Also, the selfless uh, signups are by the uh, elevator. And so um, make an investment in your marriage. I can't believe the cost of this. What was it? It was like really cheap. Does anybody know? Thank you. $65. Let's charge $165 because it's worth it. I was hoping some guy would be like, for my marriage, Pastor, yeah, you bet, you know. It's, I really believe that when we uh, sign up, we get involved, we start serving, we make friends, our life is better because we jump in. When we sit back and don't do things, we don't grow. And you have to have some courage to do that. And so um, thank you, Alex, for kind of sharing that with us. She could have stayed isolated here up in Washington like, I don't have anybody, but she made uh, the effort to make some friendships, and I think that's powerful. Also, 22 people getting baptized. I love that. That was so cool. Um, just when you step out in faith, good things happen in your life. So listen, you can live your faith and be reactive and wait, or you can live your faith and be proactive and get involved and serve. Make sure that you're living your life with a proactive uh, faith, all right? If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 17 is where we're going to go today. Luke chapter 17, the message is titled, Better Together. And uh, before I get to that text, I want to remind you of something really, really important. And make sure you grasp this before we get into what the Bible says today, all right? Here's what God says. God says, you are whole in me. You don't need people's approval or affirmation. You don't need another person in your life to make you whole. You are whole in the Lord. I love that, right? And here's what God also says. God says, you need other people in your life to strengthen you, to encourage you, to support you. And there's all these verses about love one another, serve one another, give to one another, edify each other, build each other up. And that's important too. And sometimes we get in a place where we're either just kind of like isolated or if we need everybody's approval. And the reality is this, that we are approved and loved and whole in Jesus and we get to be a blessing to others and let them bless us. Does that make sense? Both are equally important. And so maybe you kind of like one way or the other, like you don't realize you're whole in God. You are. And you don't need somebody else's approval. But also because you're whole in God, you have more to offer and give and serve and touch lives around you. Uh, crossing the line of faith is the beginning of the journey. Now there's an incredible ministry in a life for you to impact the world all around you. So we're going to pick up uh, today in this uh, text um, of Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. There are 10 men who are lepers. Remember, in that society, in Jesus' society, once you got leprosy, you were pushed out of the city. You could only live with other people who had leprosy, and they became your family, whether you liked them or not. Right? And so that was a really ugly situation. I just want to stop for a minute and tell you something. If I, was, if I suddenly was in that situation, do you know what I would do? I'd grab these other nine guys. And I would say, you know, before I, before I lived with you guys, I had a family. I used to kiss my wife. I had a church family. I used to hug everybody. I used to love people. I used to get to talk with people. And now I'm just an outcast. Now everything's lost. My life's over. And, and unless there's some remarkable healing, the, the ten of us are just going to live together and die together. 
Can you imagine the pain and the suffering of these 10 men and the desperation to get their lives back? That's what we're looking at today as you open up the Bible, Luke chapter 17, verse 11. This is what it says. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Many theologians believe they actually rang a bell and said, I'm unclean, unclean, before they even came close to someone. Jesus, have mercy on us. He looked at them and he said, be healed. No, he didn't. And this is important. He looked at them and he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What a powerful story of getting your life back, of receiving healing from Jesus himself. These guys just had each other, but now they could get all of their friends back. They could go get their support system back. Now they had Jesus in their life, especially this one who went back and found him. Listen, there are things in life that are better together. Peanut butter and chocolate, pepperoni and sausage, Canadian bacon and pineapple. <laughs> She's like, I'm leaving the church. I don't understand the pineapple pizza thing, how that became a big deal, but it's, evidently it's a deal, right? Eggs and bacon, Carl Malone and John Stockton, Peter and Stacy. Like people who are followers of Jesus, we are especially better off together. I am so grateful that I have somebody who encourages me and edifies me and builds me up. And sometimes I'll drag into church on Sunday and I feel so much better when I leave. Why? Because people strengthen me. Because there's a support system around us. We worship God together. I can't tell you how much I value the church. People who share my values, my beliefs, and they want to encourage me and make me better. They say you're only as good as the people around you. And I probably would agree with that. Take a look at your employees at your workplace. You're only as good as the people around you. Some of you have someone you want to ship off to another workplace. Your teammates on your team, your family, your friends, your church, you're only as good as the people around you. So surround yourself with great people. Listen, surround yourself with people that will help you grow spiritually. Like, it's not just like, oh, surround myself with people who also, you know, like the Seahawks. That's great. That ain't going to get you to heaven. Surround yourself with people who strengthen your faith. That, that's really worth surrounding yourself with, Right? The Bible says two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So make sure you're walking through this journey of faith with others. Good people. You don't have them, find them. All right? Go out and search those relationships out. So I mentioned to you last week that I went skydiving. Uh, A week ago Saturday, I went skydiving. If you know me, I'm afraid of heights. This is nothing short of miraculous. My wife has story after story, like there was this one hotel and like the ledge was right here and I went to look over the edge, but I was like doing this and she laughs at how afraid of heights I am and somebody gave me a gift certificate to go skydiving. (laughs) And I'm terrified of that. And I've always thought, well, maybe I could do it, but I'd probably get up there and I wouldn't jump, right? And that'd be embarrassing, the the, the, fly of shame back down to the place, right? And so I didn't know if I could do it. Somebody gave it to me. But here's the bigger problem. I have wastephobia. 
If you get me a gift certificate, I can't let it go wasted. No matter how scared I am, I'm going to have to use that thing. And that's exactly what happened after seven months of after my birthday. I thought, you know, this thing, I, I've got to use this. I can't let this go to waste. So as scared as I am, I'm going to do it. I called a friend. He had one. I said, we're going to go. We're going to do it. They said, we're open tomorrow. They said, two or three hours. We get down there. We go to pay. I said, I'm a little nervous. I'm not sure. I mean, kind of checking this out. And they said, we'll have you in the plane in 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> like, you don't understand. I don't want to die, you know? Where's the training? You know, what happens if the guy behind me passes out? Oh, do I need a helmet? No, you don't need a helmet. I ain't going to help you out, right? Like, what about, a, what about a jumpsuit? Nah, it's kind of a warm day. And this is what they say, they say to me. So I'm terrified of heights, and somehow I am riding out in the shuttle to get in the plane that looked like it was 100 years old to line up with a stranger behind me who's going to keep me alive. And my prayer life has been good this week. <laughs> it, was, it was good in that moment. And I literally said, looking out that plane, I was like, well, Lord, if anybody's ready, it's me. If anybody's praying, it's me. I don't know about the rest of these souls, but I'm ready. And then I thought, the second thought, I was like, I know that I'm going to be okay, but why tempt fate? You know, why, why do I do it? And there really wasn't much of an option to, like, not go then. Because I've always wondered, that moment you get out and look over, are you crazy enough to do it? How many have been skydiving before? Go ahead and raise your hand. Oh, only like seven in this service, okay. Um, and this is a real fun part. When you live in a military community and you think you're all bad because you did tandem skydiving, people are like, Pastor, please. I've done this in the Middle East a hundred times. You're not really important. But I thought I, was, I thought I was pretty cool. And so I decided to take a moment because what a great illustration of needing someone with you than a tandem skydive jump from a, your pastor who's very afraid of heights. So this is a short video of that experience last week. All right. Hey Peter, how you doing? Um, deliciously afraid. Deliciously <laughs> afraid? What are you doing today? Skydiving for the first time in my life. Thanks to somebody giving me a gift certificate that I didn't even know for sure I wanted. So. Oh, okay. So, so here goes. <laughs> Let's have a good time, Peter. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Woo!
Yeah, buddy! Woohoo! Wow. That was fun, dude. I'm shocked that I actually did it. <laughs> I always knew I was an extreme sport athlete, but now I discovered it today. <laughs> and you thought I was a stick-in-the-mud conservative middle-aged middle guy. Come on, look at that. That's good. I'm probably the only pastor in Olympia that's sponsored by Red Bull now, so that's cool. So. <laughs> I love this illustration because I realized this guy behind me, my life is in his hands. In fact, in the plane, I started realizing, wait a minute, what if he passes out? What if he's been drinking? So I turned around and said, you're feeling good, all right? You're feeling good today, right? And the reality is, we need great people around us. They make us better. They keep us safe. They make us stronger, amen? Like, if I'm skydiving by myself, I'm probably still in a tree somewhere, right? And I love this. Go ahead and put the photo on the screen where I just look ridiculous, because we might as well go there today. Uh, <laughs> And this is my thought, someone capable, meaning my guide, um, makes you more capable of more. Like when I want to do financial investing, I don't just want my brains, I want somebody smarter than me. And when I decide that I'm going to work out and lift weights and, and eat right, I want someone who understands that more than I do. I want people around me who, who enlarge my capacity to do things and understand things and get deeper. And when I spend time trying to follow Jesus, you better believe the most important thing in the world. I want people around me who make me better. And, and this, the coolest thing about this is this. like I had to trust my life entirely to the guy behind me. I was along for the ride. There was no training. There was no backup parachute like the movies. Still looking for that. Like Where was that at? And the reality is this is like this, my, my life is in this guy's hands. And now in that moment, that's a stranger I don't know. But listen, this is what's so cool. When I decide to follow Jesus, I'm along for the ride. And my life is in his hands. And there's no better hands for your life to be in than the Savior of the world. That, that's a jump we're taking, the jump of faith, man, to live for him. How many inspired to go skydiving now? Don't do it. It's terrifying. I would just... They said, you're either going to become an addict or this is it. I'm like, that was great. That's done. We're, we're, that, that was enough. That was good for me. The leap of faith to trust God, to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, more capable of you, stronger than you, help you when you're down, help you stop believing in lies. Man, it changes things. It, you change your relationships. Get great people who you trust to do life with you, who will make you able to do things that you cannot do to support you, encourage you. Humans need other humans. Believers need other believers. And we all need Jesus. Wow. That was intense. Just watching that is kind of overwhelming again. <laughs> four ways to, back to the scripture. Four ways to get yourself unstuck is how I've entitled this before when I've taught this text. Because... Really, it's, it's about saying, okay, I'm going to need other people around me to get out of the ruts that I'm in and make sure I don't just do what's comfortable for me, but I really trust God. So here we go. Um, the Bible says this. As he entered the village, as Jesus entered the village, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. I love this phrase. This is point number one if you're taking notes, and I want to encourage you to take notes. Number one is this. Find a band of brothers. I love this statement. Find some people around you who will stand with you, who will help you, who will encourage you. I have some friends who are, used to be people of faith, and now they kind of ignore that conversation when we talk. And I love them enough to say, hey, let's talk about the condition of your soul. Right? Find a band of brothers, people who will, who will walk through life with you and care for you and encourage you and strengthen you. These 10 men, they had, they had one thing in common. They all had leprosy. They didn't have anybody else to lean on because nobody wanted to lean on them. Right? They, they were lepers. They needed support. And you and I need support. If following Jesus was easy, it wouldn't be so uncommon in the world today. 
If you're going to follow Jesus, you need support. You need the church. You need friends. You need people who love you and care for you. People who have invested in you and will not let you fail. I think one of the secrets of life is developing those relationships where people will not let you fail. And they'll come after you when you're hurting. And they'll encourage you when you're discouraged. And I love the church for that. Listen, if you're going to grow in your purity or your finances or your health or parenting or marriage, man, you want to have good people around you who are succeeding in those areas in in your life. So find a band of brothers. Some of you, you were in a life group. You took freedom session. Man, you went through something with some people in college, and they are friends for life, right? They're, they're deep because you opened up and you really developed that kind of brotherhood or sisterhood, a deep relationship. Go after those kind of relationships. Don't settle for shallow relationships. It says this, as he entered the village, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance, and they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Listen, they, they sought him out. Point number two is this, seek out the Savior. They didn't say, well, listen, we'll hang out here in the leper colony, and maybe the Jesus parade will happen to go by, and he'll see us. And you go, well, that would be dumb. Like, if Jesus is anywhere nearby, go seek him out, right? But how often in our lives do we go, God, if you want to speak to me, God, if you want to stretch me, if you want to use me, I'll be right here in my car with the emergency brake on. Come on by if you want me to move forward. God can't move the parked car. Put that thing out of the emergency brake. Put it in the first gear and do something. Go somewhere. Let let there be some action to your faith. Missionary Dave Ellis said this. There are people who get on their knees and they spend enough time in prayer to hear the whispers of God. And when I heard him say that, I said, Lord, I hope I'm one of the people that hears the whispers of God in my life on a regular basis. There's, There's a difference between seeking and then just kind of sitting back and looking or waiting. We, we are, are proactive people in our faith. We're not just looking or sitting back waiting. We're, we're seeking the Savior in our lives. One of my friends wasn't able to be at that 22-person water baptism event. You know what she did? She sought me out. She said, I need to get baptized. I wasn't able to make it. We went down to the river on Friday. She got baptized with her family. Why? Because she's not waiting around for it to happen. Lots of excuses. We all got them. Whatever it is that God's asking you and stretching you and pushing you to do, you have a multitude of excuses, and they're probably valid, and they still don't matter. Like, seek out the Savior regardless of the excuses that you and I both have in our lives. Are you seeking the Savior? Go to gatherings. Man, we forget how important it is to be a part of a gathering of believers. Take notes. Listen to the whispers of God. Some people this Sunday are going to go home and they're going to go, God spoke to me. And some people are going to be like, I don't even remember a thing that happened other than Pastor Peter's video, right? Like, really listen for God's voice. Surround yourself with situations and people that help you to grow spiritually. Seeking Jesus and his plan for your life. It's up to you. No one can do it for you. Verse 14 says this. He looked at them and he said, said, go show yourselves to the priests. And then he says, as they went, they were cleansed of leprosy. Point number three is this. Put action to your faith. Do something. Do something. And I can almost imagine these lepers saying something like this. We came to meet you on the outskirts of town. We have heard that you are a healer, that people are calling you the Messiah, and you're not denying that you are the Messiah. And then you send us to a local religious leader. Come on, can't you like spit on the ground and make some mud? Can't we like touch the hem of your garment and be healed? Like, why, why are you telling us to go find a religious leader in the community? We've seen them. We've talked to them. We sought out you. And Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priests. Why is that important? To show yourself to the priest was the only way you could officially re-enter society. 
He could call you clean. He could give you that certificate of authenticity that you get your life back. But you had to go show yourself to the priest. And they're going, but Jesus, we still have deformities. We still have lesions on our face. We can't go show ourselves to the priest. And Jesus says, go. There is no promise recorded by Luke of them being healed. There's only a directive from God. And sometimes I think God gives you a directive and you don't get to see the results and you don't get a bunch of promises and blessings. He just says, go, just do it. Think about this. If you've lost your business, your family, you've lost everything, you got one shot at Jesus and you go to him and he says, go show yourself to the priest. You might say something like this. Listen, I'm not leaving here until you do what only you can do. Because I don't got much of a life back in the leper colony to go back to. But the Savior said, go. So is he really master? Is he really Lord? Or isn't he? Some of us, we're at a, a fork in the road in our lives. We've got to make that decision. Is he really Lord? Put action to your faith because faith uh, that isn't acted upon is no faith at all. And sometimes your miracle uh, requires some faith on your parts. Sometimes we walk to the front in prayer. We give in the offering, we go on the trip, we sign up for freedom session. There's people going, well, God, you haven't healed this. And God's like, I gave you an opportunity. This was a great discipleship course. Well, God, I don't have any great friends and I didn't hear from you last Sunday. Yeah, you didn't go to church last Sunday. Like, God, I, I wish I knew what your plan for my life was. Um, this is called the scriptures. Like, sometimes we just miss what God is doing. So seek him out. Do something don't just wait around for something to happen. These guys pursued Jesus, and they were even willing to go show themselves to the priest before they were healed. And I don't know what it was like. It just says on their way, as they went, they were healed. I don't know if one of them looked down at his arm and said, whoa, 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 guys. And if they kept walking, another guy looked down at his arm, and he said, me too, me too. And by the time they got to the priest, they were healed. I don't know what happened, but it was cool. But I do know 10 men who learned obedience that day. Not I get what I want when I want it, but I'll do what God says when he says it and leave the results to him. And as they went, they were healed. One of them out of those 10, the Bible says, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. And he fell to, uh, fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. He wasn't even like a church person or a Jewish person or a Jesus person at the time. He's a Samaritan, and he comes, and he runs back, and he thanks Jesus. Now, think about this. Like, we all know that gratefulness is important. Here's point number four. Live in a constant state of gratefulness. All of us live in a constant state of gratefulness. But this one guy comes back to Jesus, and I tend to want to kind of go, well, the other guys might have been running home to their families. They might have been running, like, you know, to get the certificate from the priest. They might have been running to town to see everybody and show them they were healed. They might have just been excited, like, let's don't, let's don't call them bad people. But the reality is this one guy sit there, looked at this and said, I have one person to thank for this. It's like tithing. And he said, I am not going anywhere else until I go directly back to Jesus and say, thank you for giving me my life. You are the most important person for me to seek out today. I'm starting with you. I'm showing you that you are more valuable. I'm not even going to my family. I'm coming directly back to God who gave me my life back. That's gratefulness. That's priorities. That's understanding. Live in a constant state of gratefulness. Pastor Peter, I am grateful. Every year on Thanksgiving, I do it well, right? No, no, like live in a constant state of thankfulness. It gets us out of our ruts. The devil hates thankfulness. The devil wants you to moan and complain about the unfair difficulties and tragedies in your life. Well, then this happened. And of course, after that happened, then this happened. And if you focus all your life on things going wrong in your life, you're not going to live a grateful, joyful life. 
You have to stop and say, you know what? God, you did this in my life. And I'm so glad for this in my life. And I'm going to choose gratefulness today. And honestly, sometimes we have to choose gratefulness when no one else is around to encourage us. You ever been there in your life? I'm alone and no one's here to encourage me. I could pick up the phone, but they're not answering. Some accountability partner he is, right? Sometimes you have to say, you know what, God, just me and you, honestly, thank you. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. Listen, sometimes the person who's supposed to help you hurts you. And that's the moment we have to stop and say, Lord, you're with me. You're for me. You're here to help me. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm going to strengthen myself in you. I'm going to live in a constant state of gratefulness the rest of my life. Jesus asked this question. He said, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? One of them went right back to Jesus first and foremost. I have new life. I'm not dying. I can see my family again. I can see my friends again. I can give hugs. I can receive hugs. I can be touched. I I don't have to stand at a distance and shout any longer. I've been born, and I've been born all over again. Thank God I'm going back to Jesus. I'm starting with Jesus. So let me give you four, those four points again, and I want to ask you to stop and consider these things. Find a band of brothers in your life. It came out of my mouth last service. It's, I'm going to say it here again. And a friend joined our life group, a couple, and um, they moved away. It was a work. Eight years later, and he contacted me, and he said, our, our 10-year-old um, came to us, and she said, I had this feeling, I hear this voice, and she said, I feel like I have to kill myself. Child, not a teenager, child. And man, uh, he said, I, I was in your life group. We were all family. And he said, I don't know who I can trust to pray this, talk this through. So I'm just asking for help. That's like eight or ten years later. And we all joined together. Some of us have moved different cities, different places. We joined together and we prayed for that girl because those lies are from the pit of hell. They were darkness from Satan himself. She didn't have value. She had to take her own life. A child. And you know what kind of relationships we had? We had a band of brothers. We, we will pray for you. We will pray for her. We'll walk you through this. We'll speak truth to you that you think you know. But when we all remind you of it, you own it. How cool to have those kind of relationships. That's what that is. A band of brothers. Seek out the Savior. Some of you, you're waiting right now for something to happen. Just jump in. Just join that discipleship course. Get in part of that life group. Get back into church. Seek him. Don't wait around. Don't look. Don't have good intentions. Seek him out. Number three, put action to your faith. Really kind of a similar point. Decide today, what action are you going to take from this scripture from the ten lepers and live in a constant state of gratefulness in your life? Listen, if you want to grow, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. It's just a reality. You know, you're going to have to make tough decisions. You're going to have to sacrifice. If you're going to grow spiritually, here's probably the hardest one. If you're going to grow spiritually, you're going to have to press on when you don't see results. You're going to have to say, Jesus, I'm going to do what you say, whether I see the results or not. Because if we don't learn how to serve God when we don't see results, we won't be serving God for very long. Our faith has to be more mature than results-based, getting what we want. So don't get comfortable where you are. God has more for you in your future. Don't get stuck in a rut. Don't get isolated. Don't forget how much you need the church and you need to be the church to others. I'm gonna ask if you bow your heads to me for a moment.
First of all, I'm going to say I'm sorry if someone from church, someone from the family of God, your family of God, the family of God around the world has hurt you or let you down. We're not perfect, none of us. But don't give up on others. Find that band of brothers. Find those women of God, ladies, that you can really open up to and really hold each other accountable and really encourage one another. People that years later you can come back to and know that you can trust them. They care for you and what you care about. Seek out the Savior. Put action to your faith. Maybe you've been waiting around, kind of, I'm going to get to someday. I'm eventually going to, no, just commit to church. Just start reading your Bible. Just join the group. Enough of the excuses. Just do it. Get desperate. And then live in a constant state of gratefulness. If you have not been baptized and you know you've repented of your sins, what are we waiting for? Nothing. Make it happen. I'm not a pastor if I don't challenge you. Make it happen. So Lord, today as we stop and we consider this passage, this text, this understanding, God, that we are to be people of action, people who seek you out and people who trust each other and encourage each other, build up one another. God, help this church to be a, a church of exhortation that we encourage and we challenge ourselves and others to not miss out on everything that God has for us. Because life just gets hard and things just get callous or casual. God, reignite us and help us to set others aflame. If you're here today and God is speaking to you in this message, you just raise your hand, just show God really quick. I wanna pray for you before we're done. God, you're talking to me. I know you're talking to me today. Nice and high, just raise it high. There's probably 20, 30 of us raising our hands. Anybody else want to join us? God, you see my hand. You see my heart. I'm responding to you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Let's close in prayer. Lord, faith is so hard. And we're not qualified. So we're putting our lives in your hands. We're not going to stay on the ground. We're going to get on the plane of faith. We're even going to take the jump of faith, the leap of faith, knowing that you are with us. And whatever happens, God, as long as you are with me, I'll get to the end of this life. And I will be a success because of you. I'm not holy enough on my own. I'm not strong enough on my own. But Jesus, if you are with us, give us courage to live for you, not just to believe in you. And God, whatever action step it is today to join that group, to push forward, to give, to serve, to, to commit to being a part of the church family, God, whatever it is you're asking us to do, Lord, don't let us put it off. Lord, that person who's here who needs to get baptized in water, give them proactive, bold faith to make that decision and make it happen now. God, thank you for your voice here today. Thank you for speaking to us. We love you. 
We need you and we need each other. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wow, that was a little intense. That was like skydiving, wasn't it? <laughs> um, listen, there's a lot of life groups out there. There's this marriage conference. It's really worth it. Um, make sure that, you know, you, may, you do the important things first. Before anything else, make sure you prioritize your spiritual life with God and bless each other. All right? Don't miss next week. God's going to do great things on Sunday morning. Make sure you encourage and bless someone else before you leave today. Go Seahawks. Have a great day.